Hey there, I'm Heidi Rue, and this is the Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and Pro VoiceOver Training Podcast. And Atlanta VoiceOver Studio and Pro VoiceOver Training, um, they exist to give you the resources that you need to create the voiceover career that you want. And this is one of the resources, the podcast. On this podcast, you'll find industry professionals sharing insight into the industry that can help you move forward in your career. So today I'm talking with Christy Bowen. So excited to have her here. Christy actually lives in Nashville, Tennessee, but she's here visiting us in Atlanta. So we're so glad to see her. And she started working as a full-time voiceover talent back in 2011, but that's after this long career in media too. So that was just part of this kind of her whole journey. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. But she created also a VO workout group in Nashville that has grown to over 85 members, maybe more at this point. I think that was a bio, so it's probably more at this point. we're holding steady around that number. Okay. (laughs) And then she's also a producer for Virtual VO Atlanta. She's the director of corporate and e-learning for ACM Talent uh, Management, which I'm on, and she's been a great addition. And so welcome, Christy. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here yes. and actually see people in person. I know. It's crazy. And it's, <laughs> it's like great. feels weird to take off the mask. It's yes, like, it does. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm actually seeing your like lips. It feels so... Weird. <laughs> I know. I had to put on lipstick, which I don't have to do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, Chrissy, I just barely touched on your journey mm-hmm. into full-time voiceover. Um, can you kind of share a little bit more? Because it actually began in radio, right? Yes. I uh, went to the University of Florida. Go Gators. Go Gators. <laughs> chomp, chomp. And <laughs> I uh, worked at the radio station. And while mm-hmm. I was a DJ, I because I, I thought that was going to be really cool, I didn't like that and enjoy that as much as I enjoyed writing, producing, and voicing the commercials. Mm. I ended up becoming the assistant production director and then temporary production director while literally I graduated on a Saturday and went to work on Monday. Wow. And it, I had one day of, quote, freedom uh, because the production director had left. And so they put me in that position for a little while until they found a, pr- a permanent replacement. And I knew I didn't want to necessarily stay in radio, but I really liked what I was doing. Uh, moved up to Nashville because I had done a internship up there because that's where my mom lived, and, you know, got hired by the company once I was ready to go into full-time, you know, until yeah. I graduated. And it, I kind of replaced, or basically I added video to the component because we were still writing and producing the commercials for the uh, cable company I worked for. I just added the video part to it. So it was wow. the same thing. And then I kind of got a little bit away from voiceovers because I started doing more producing and more, um, you know, video production of various forms and different positions within the video production world. Worked on a couple of feature films out in LA and Hollywood, and then came back to Nashville because I was working, I had gotten engaged, and the guy I was, I had gotten married to and I were both working for a production company based in Nashville. We worked there for 12 years um, it was a company that had a, it's kind of strange, it had a contract with the Department of Defense. Huh. So we produced what were called command information, or to you and me, known as public service announcements for the military overseas. Oh. So we would do, I don't know, 250 television spots and three or 400 radio spots a year. Wow. For them, and of course, you know, casting and writing and all the mm-hmm. other things that go along with that. We had a full-time audio producer. Mm-hmm. He basically did all the TV voiceover casting as well as all the producing of the radio spots. And he and I got along really well. We talked about stuff. I would sit in on the voiceover sessions, and I just, you know, we just hit it off. And he knew I 
background in radio, and he would have me fill in a lot and say, hey, come up and cut this for me real quick. And it kind of got me the taste, mm. again, of voiceover. But I couldn't do it too much because the client saw that as double dipping. You know, mm. we could do it every now and then, but yeah. I couldn't do it a lot. But I really started to like it. And, of course, it was a Department of Defense contract. It was around 2008. The whole world was going crazy. Mm. They had to cut their budgets. And I saw the writing on the wall and went, you know, it's time to start doing something else. Yeah. Kind of really looking into what I wanted to do. And I knew I didn't want to keep just doing video production. I had a new baby. I didn't want to do the 14, 15-hour days, the unpredictable schedule. And I thought, let's try this voiceover thing. Mm. You know, got back in doing some classes and just started working. And it wow. never stopped. Yeah. And so when I, you know, when the my last day at that company was, I went home the next day and been full-time ever since. That's so awesome. It was, it's been a great ride. I've been very lucky, and I know mm, that. Yeah, that's so. great. Do you remember the first thing that you booked? Yes, it was for L'Oreal. Oh, wow. It was for, it was a voice one, two, three at the mm -hmm. time, which was one of the newer, you know, one of the newer pay-to-play sites. Mm -hmm. And I had auditioned for three things in my office at the time. And I remember booking that one. I, wow. I, I loved it. And it was for their new hair color, Inoa is what they called it. <laughs> and it was to train, it was more, it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a commercial. It was to uh -huh. train their stylists, you know, L'Oreal mm. related stylist on how to use the new hair coloring. Yeah. And it was a long, I mean, it must have been like a half hour training wow. because they were putting it on a DVD yeah. and everything. And so I booked that. Luckily we had, I didn't have my studio set up at that point. I was getting there at home, but it wasn't quite ready. Mm -hmm. But of course the, I'd been working for 12 years with the audio post house that we had in the building where I worked, and I just went up to them and said, hey, guys, could you help me out? They're like, absolutely. So they recorded it for me. So my oh. first session was in this beautiful big booth with an engineer, the whole nine yards. It was not totally realistic, but it worked. <laughs> <laughs> that was so awesome. So, yeah, it was great. And then did you get agents after that, or how, how did the how did your voiceover career kind of take over from there? Mostly it was through pay-to-play mm -hmm. sites or just reaching out to people. Yeah. Um, at the time, Facebook groups weren't really a thing yet, and I— it, and the only reason I'm mentioning this is the University of Florida tried something called the Gator Nation Network, which was okay. their answer to, like, Facebook type of thing and to connect all their people. And I ended up meeting, like, three different people at, on that because wow. I had just posted that, you know, this is what I did and everything yeah. else. And I, I got three clients from it, one of whom is still a client to this day. And, I, you know, I, I just would reach out and kind of do my own marketing. Yeah. Um, a lot of it was pay-to-play sites, uh -huh. honestly, to begin with, you know, and just mm -hmm. keeping those clients and continuously keeping them. Um, I did reach out to some agents, got a Nashville agent pretty mm -hmm. quickly. Um, they don't do a lot of voiceover, though. Mm -hmm. And I never really sought out L.A. or New York yet because I just didn't think I had enough experience and I wanted to get better demos. Mm -hmm. So I didn't really quite go that far, but I did get some local agents yeah. and things. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, it's so interesting because we always tell students, we're like, listen, some of the first jobs that you book are probably going to be from people that you know. And mm -hmm. so I love that you already reached yeah. out to people within your network, Gator Nation Network. Yes. So and also local best. producers and people mm -hmm. I had known. I just reached out to anybody and everybody once I started doing it. Yeah. You know? That's awesome. That was part of it. Now, I know, to be honest with you, Christy, I know of you more from like e-learning. Like you are, mm -hmm. your reputation is great <laughs> in that area. Um, and I know that you do more than just that type of genre mm -hmm. uh, yes. of, 
a voiceover. Um, and I'd like to get some e-learning insight as well. But as a voice talent, if somebody's like just beginning or if they've begun and they're kind of like, okay, what kind of genre should I focus on? What, what mm-hmm. We get asked a lot about that. After kind of that foundational commercial training, how do you even figure out which genre you should pursue? I think a lot of it has to do with your background that you already have. Mm-hmm. Um, in my case, I, I like doing commercials and things, but I, everyone kept telling me I have a very instructional kind of voice. And also the client that I got from knowing the Gator, he actually happened to run a company that did e-learning. <laughs> so wow. that's I know, that's kind of how I fell into that. Yeah. But it, it was a really good fit. I enjoyed the work. Um, I think it's also what you're what you really like to do. How you feel about yourself as a person? Are you do you see yourself as a teacher? Do you see yourself as someone who has lots of characters inside you and you just think video games and animation is your your deal? Um, you know, do you have right now, do you feel like you can be very conversational? Do people, you know, trust you and you know, if you mention something in conversation with any of your family or friends, and then do, you, do they come back to you later and say, hey, I tried that thing you said, then you're probably good for commercial because yeah. you're actually selling them on something without trying to sell them. You know, mm-hmm. uh, I think that you have to figure out what you're comfortable with as a person, and I think that helps inform what um, genres you're, you're good at. There are some people that just are not or don't feel that they're very good teachers. And I think it takes a little bit of a teaching mindset to excel in explainer videos or Mm -hmm. e-learning. Also, it depends on how comfortable you are being in the booth for certain lengths of time. Do you really want to tell stories and have a few characters and you don't mind recording hours on end that audiobooks hello right i mean it's just you know they're screaming for you totally um, if you or you know if you don't really do many character voices but you still like that length of time and the predictability then maybe nonfiction audiobooks i think there's it really depends on who you are as a person and what stories you want to tell mm-hmm. and i think what some of your teachers and other people in the industry kind of respond to you for what do they say you have a nice voice for? Or, hey, I bet, you know, I could hear you read the phone book. Well, that's okay, but, uh, you know, there's not a lot of money in that, so uh, <laughs> right? you know, all kinds of things. What is a phone book? I yeah, don't exactly. Even know. It's like a phone book? <laughs> yeah. No, but, you know, it's just, I think, one of those things that it helps when you find out from others in the business what they think you might have a good sound for. Mm-hmm. Because I get told all the time you have a very clear diction and you're very articulate, and that probably me- leans more towards training of some kind because when you can be a little more relaxed, as I get told all the time, I've told, you know, go have a glass of wine and then come and record this, you know, for for commercial because right now that is what is selling is the very relaxed, natural speech. And so Mm -hmm. it depends on what type of speech you have and what Mm -hmm. type of, you know, how you feel about yourself, I think, is the genre that you should explore. And I think there's nothing wrong in exploring anything to find out if you have a fit for it because you might get down that road and say, oh my gosh, I can't stand that. That's not what I want to do anymore. Right. You know, I don't want to be in the booth hours on end. I like to get in and get out. I don't want to do anything over five minutes long. You know, I mean, I know (laughs) lots of people that way. Um, It just depends on how you feel. Yeah. You know, that's my answer to that. (laughs) It's a great answer. And e-learning, I know that a lot of people are like, how do you even get into it? Because Mm -hmm. it's not something that typically comes from like your, your regular voiceover agents. Right. Um, And, and for you, you happen to make that contact with a guy Mm -hmm. that was head over an e-learning company. So is that true? Do you have to kind of seek out your own jobs with e-learning or? 
Yeah, it's more... My position at ACM is to try to get, as director of corporate and e-learning, is to try to get more work for the management company that we are, but, you know, for the roster of talent like you, and mm. we've actually hired you, so <laughs> excited. But, you know, and it, it's difficult. E-learning, e-learning is a different animal within the voiceover world in general, mm. even more than audiobooks, because you're dealing business to business, and so there's just this different mindset when you're dealing with people because when it comes to almost every other genre including audiobooks frankly agents and the selling you know there's something you're selling there audiobooks you're trying to get more people to buy the audiobook so there's right. still that selling capacity and the, you know for the bigger work agents will sometimes you know do that uh, but when it comes to e-learning it's so business to business oriented that people want to they'll see you as a vendor you won't be seen as, you know, to, so when you're trying to reach out, it, it's more effective and most people don't go to agents hmm. that are looking for e-learning work. They have, that. that's not a mindset. The creative part of things is not the Hollywood, like I, I like to call it the Hollywood aspect of what we do, is so foreign to most people having anything to do with training and e-learning in the hmm. business world. Gotcha. It's too... Hollywood. Yeah. You know, it, it's it's just something that they don't understand. It's yeah. not the world they live in. So they like to deal with a business to another business. So if you're reaching out on your own, which is what most people do, and that's how most people find success with any learning, is you're reaching out as your business to their business. You want to be a trusted vendor. If they need different things, let's say I'm on their roster and then one day they come to me and say, hey, you know, you did that e-learning for so-and-so company. This time they've decided to split it up. You know, they want to use a guy this time. Do you know anybody you trust? And yeah. then you're still the first person they come to to ask that question. You supply them, the, you know, the, that other vendor and mm -hmm. they're excited by it. That's wonderful. You're still their go-to person. Um, that's kind of how e-learning works. Yeah. There are some things that go to agents, especially if it's really, really big work. Uh, but, you know, let's say it's a training that came down to maybe somebody in marketing or in the advertising area that is contacted and says, hey, yeah, we've got this training corporate thing. I know you just did our commercials or I know you just did our things mm. for online, but now we have more of a instructional thing or the big boss came down and said that we want to do this and we have no idea what to be, where to begin can you help us? Yeah. They might go to an agent okay. for with that question right. to say, do you know somebody? But generally that doesn't happen as much. Mm. And they don't, they're not set up like an advertising agency. Or, you know, agents know they have to go to casting directors or mm -hmm. to talent agencies. There's just that that's how the business works. Yeah. It's not really that way, especially since in most companies, no two companies are set up alike. Sometimes it falls under HR. Sometimes right. it falls under the learning and development person. Sometimes it's the training people. Sometimes it's instructional designers, and they have their own entire entity for training. Mm. And then there are freelance people they hire from that. Other times, it's just one guy in, or gal, gal in whatever company. Somebody says, oh, yeah, we just changed our computer system. We have to train all 400 employees. How do we do that? They're like, well, um, you know, somebody in HR will be like, well, okay, let's see, how do we do that? And then they'll hire a freelancer, and then they hi who hires us. So I mean, right. and because every of the you know billions of companies there are out there have different ways of doing things, yeah, 
they have no idea what agents are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I yeah. mean, again, you know, bigger companies that have worked with an agent in the past might. Yeah. But for us, you know, it's best to reach out ourselves to mm-hmm. do that work. For people that have, so for instance, say that somebody comes from, they're a nurse mm-hmm. for, you know, however long, and they really want to get into voiceover. You know, one of the things that we've said is like, always use whatever you have in your past to help with your voiceover career. So is that something when somebody's going to pitch an e-learning company, is that something really helpful to, for them to say, listen, I'm a nurse, so I have experience with all these medical yes. terms or or whatever the case may be? Absolutely. Any experience you have. So if you're starting out with this, if you had experience, let's say you used to be a bank teller. Mm-hmm. I mean, even if it was something as simple as a bank teller or even a a bagger at a grocery store, but you know the inner workings of how a grocery store works. Those are the kinds of companies you reach out to first in e-learning because you can say, I already understand. I am a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. You're paying me to sound like a subject matter expert because I'm supposed to, most of the time in e-learning, you are a representative of the company in some way. You're the one who is speaking for the company. Sometimes you might actually have a character and introduce yourself. Hi, I'm Marissa. I'm in the training department, and I'm here to teach you how to do blah, blah, blah today, you know. Or it, it, but you're still a representative of the company. Mm -hmm. And if you have insight into what that company does, even if it's peripheral, you're going to have a leg up. You're probably Mm going to understand the acronyms. You're going to understand the vernacular. You're going to understand the mindset of the audience you're speaking to. Mm -hmm. So if you happen to have been a nurse, oh, goodness gracious, of course, that's wonderful (laughs) when it comes to medical because medical is its own special animal within e-learning, and there are different degrees of medical. Sometimes there's medical devices. Sometimes there's very minimal kind of medical that's just kind of touching this top surface, and then there's the deep, deep medical, like training doctors, and you have to sound like you are in med school, right along with them. Yeah. And so, you know, there's different levels to that too. Mm. And you have to understand how to speak their language. Yeah. And if you have that already in you because you basically speak that language, then capitalize on it. Mm. And those are the first companies I would go after. Yeah. I mean, if it, you know, I don't have a lot of other experience and other things because I've pretty much been in media all my, you know, working days. I have a few other things I've done. And, you know, like florist. I was a florist for a little while. So, you know, if there was any training for florists, you know, I, I kind of understand what their mindset is and how a florist shop mm-hmm. works. So if you have any experience or you're still in it day to day, because many people get into e-learning that are still nine to five, mm-hmm. use that. Hit mm-hmm. up every company that's like yours that, I guess, as long as you don't have, you know, conflicts. Right, right. Um, you know, if there are peripheral things to that, yeah. Hit them up. That's mm-hmm. exactly where I would start first. Mm-hmm. Get your foothold in, learn the business of e-learning, how it works, have clients, the client interaction. Then you build from there because then mm-hmm. you can say, my clients are X, Y, and Z. Yeah. And that helps you get more clients. So, Great. So helpful. Yeah. Thank so you. voiceover, the industry, we always say like, I feel like the actual skill of voiceover is like a small percentage, to be honest with you, because some of the toughest things in voiceover happens outside of that Mm -hmm. with the mental resiliency and all the things that we have to learn as we go. And um, so what's been one of the toughest lessons that you've had to learn in voiceover? Oh, boy. (laughs) I'm not sure if I... I'm trying to think of one, and I'm trying to think how many have there been. I know. Um, I think the fact that it is... I knew this going in, but I think 
living it. This is a business that you are you're pretty much on all the time. Every day, I think to me, it's the every day I don't work, I don't get paid. And so therefore, when it comes to family demands or anything else that, you know, happens, that you have to realize that you are running a business. And if you happen to be part-time or full-time at another job, making the switch to full-time voiceover, you have to understand that it is a business. You will be wearing all the hats all the time. Mm -hmm. You will never not be wearing the hats. Um I think it, that's just the toughest lesson to learn is for me because it means you're always on. You know, I take weekends off, and I pretty much don't even get texts or emails or anything else. Occasionally I do. Mm. Last Sunday before I came here, I did four <laughs> jobs, you know, which I did only because the fact that I knew I wasn't going to be right. at home for two days. Um, but I, I think it's realizing that, yes, it may be a dream and to work for yourself and no longer be working for the man that I'm working for now kind of mentality. After a while, you realize that you're the one who has to pay for all the toilet mm. paper and it's, you know, and the electricity all the time and keeping up with all the bookkeeping and mm. keeping up with the marketing, which is the hardest and longest part of any day. Yeah. Managing all the different things you have to do and the ups and downs with it. I think that's the toughest lesson for most people to learn. I, I kind of feel like I got a little lucky with it because I was able just to slide from one thing into another. Mm -hmm. um, but, and it just kind of kept coming to me. But there's that juggling in the mindset of keeping all my records straight. And I'm a very highly organized person. Mm -hmm. And for people, I see a lot of my friends who are not struggling with just oh, trying to keep up with that. everything. And I think that's a very hard lesson to learn when we get enamored by the performance aspect of yes. voiceover and the, I might be able to be heard on the radio or TV and my yeah. family can hear me and see me. And that's great. First and foremost, you're running a business. Mm -hmm. And how does that work for you to do everything else you have to do for it? Mm -hmm. And I think that's the toughest lesson to learn. Yeah, so true. So, Well, Christy, how can people find you? How can they connect with you, whether social media or, you know, just to be able to connect to you and and follow your journey and everything. So. I would love for people to connect with me. I am pretty easy to find. I, my website is christybowen.com, but it's C-H-R-I-S-T-I, Bowen, B-O-W-E-N.com. And on there has my links to my social media. I'm on Instagram and Twitter a little bit. I don't keep up with it like I should. <laughs> um, and Facebook. I have you know, a Facebook page, and most of it's Christy Bowen VO. Um, and you know, on my website, you can find out more about me and hear my demos and that kind of thing if they have questions. And my email's on there as well, so they can keep up with me and reach out if they have any questions. Awesome. And we'll link everything within the show Great. notes, too. So thank, thank you so much, Christy, for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you it very much sharing. for having me. I really yeah. appreciate it. Thanks.